lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt. God, we thank you so much as we go to your word, God, that you speak to us. God, that you open up your heavenly windows and pour out a blessing on us. Lord, that we receive from you, Lord, your wisdom, knowledge, revelation. God, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. I'm ready to get to the word today. Are you? Amen. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I told you during my little uh, pre-message <laughs> uh, that God reminded me of something this week that, that I guess I learned a while back. You know, it's good to refresh, refresh yourself in the things that God's shown you. You know, when God shows you something, you can't just uh, assume that you're going to stay at the same capacity. My pastor says it this way, um, and again, I, I meant to say a little bit more about him. My pastor is Pastor Steve McCart from Family Worship Center Florence. And uh, I, I grew up there, grew up in Florence, grew up in that church, and, and I've learned so much from him about all the things of God, but including faith. And he says this, he says, you know, your faith leaks. You leak, which is an interesting concept, but it actually makes sense. You know, you, you leak. Just like your phone battery dies out or drains. Some people use the word drain. That might be more of a, a, a different way to say it or a more modern way to say it. You, you drain. Your spiritual, your faith drains. And we know that because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing. That your faith can grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. In the beginning of that chapter, it talks about, well, how can someone be saved unless they hear the word? Unless they hear the word preach, unless someone preaches. And how can they preach unless they're sent? And so that's part of what we're called to do is preach the word. And what happens when you do, faith, is, faith builds. But faith also or, or, or you can even just say it this way, just us as natural human beings, we, we drain. We, we, the, the things kind of, um, uh, things in life tend to, you know, come on top and can push out, push down, press, press away, or, 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 or and like, like the more, if all you listen to, I feel like I'm ringing a little bit. I don't know if I'm too hot or if it's just, it might be me. It might be me. I, man, I hate to call out anybody in the sound booth because I used to be back there and that used to be me I told you I was a media guy oh I hate it but I don't want to preach for 20-30 minutes I don't know if it's uh if I'm just a little hot but I'm starting to elevate my voice and I feel like I'm yeah is is it okay you're shaking your head all right maybe it's in me in my head all right when you when you listen to music and I did this, this happened to me growing up. When you listen to music, you, you, you hear that and eventually you begin to just take it in and take it in and take it in. And so in high school, I really got into rap. Now I know I'm a white guy and I'm like really white. Like I'm like, see my, my wife is, is Hispanic. Her mom is from Columbia, South America, which is funny that now we live in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, if you look at her skin tone versus my, I am white, like white, white, 
But I love rap. Love rap. Now, I try to not let that out of me too much because, y'all, you know, I said something the other day during the youth service. I said, oh, no, I love, I love trap beats. And they were like, what? Pastor, listen. To, I mean, it's like all of a sudden you see, you're like a vision and pastor, pastor in the car, like, you know, like <laughs> vibing to, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. You know, I love it. I love it. I, now, I don't listen to it as much as I used to. Um, and when I do, I, of course, listen to Christian rap, uh, which has actually come a long ways. I used to listen to Christian rap back when it was bad, like when it was like not good at all. Um, but, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy the music. I enjoy the style. I enjoy the fast pace of it. I, I like it. But in high school, no one spent the time to tell me and, and rap had become so popular and just kind of blew up. I, it, I, didn't, I didn't understand what it was doing to me. And so I was listening to it constantly, all the time. Every new song that came out, I'd get it. Um, and I, I, was, I had started to make some money, and so I, I could buy my own music. I didn't have to wait on my parents to buy music. I could buy it. And that was a blessing, but kind of a curse, so to speak, because I was buying you know, all these popular guys. I could say their names. I'm sure everybody in this room that listened to <laughs> secular music you know, 15, 20 years ago, you, you knew, you know what I'm talking about. And so I listened to these guys. Now, I was going to church. Hear me. This is my point today. I was going to church. I was serving God, but I was listening to this junk. Talking about girls, sex, drinking, drugs. Now, I was listening to it because I liked the music, but all of those words, everybody say words. Words. All those words were penetrating me. And so when I say that we drain or our faith leaks, what I'm also saying or what I'm trying to help paint the picture of and that you understand when you're going to work, spending time with whoever and you're hearing things, you're watching the news, you're listening to music, it may not even be secular stuff, but all of these things that we do, they do something to you internally that if you don't counteract it by building your faith, you're going to leak. You're going to leak. And so when I went to college, here comes the leaking part. Now, God sustained me because every week I was going to youth group, going to church in high school. When I went to college, listening to the same music, but now never didn't really connect to a church, didn't like them, that whole, that whole excuse thing that I went through, and uh, got disconnected from the things of God, still listened to the same music. It was not long before I was in parties. I was mixed up in all that stuff, and I was okay with it because I had been listening to it for two or three years. My, 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 I had, I, I, like, I didn't, I had lost sight of the fact that it was, it was not of God because all I listened to was that type of stuff. It had become, I'd become um, okay with it. And so this week I was thinking about this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, this is starting in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, that's a mouthful. But what is that saying? That our weapons are not carnal. We're not to um, deal with things. That's why we pray, because pray, prayer is a spiritual matter. 
And when we pray, we deal with things from a spiritual standpoint. We're, we're calling on heaven and on God to do things, right, to, 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 to come in and make a difference in our life. Now, that's a spiritual, spiritual battle. We fight a spiritual battle, but we live in a body. We live in a body. Does anybody in here live in the spiritual realm 24-7? 365? No, I mean, I mean, not really. I mean, I mean, you do, but you also live in your body. You, you, you go to work. You take a shower, hopefully. Some of us, he says. You, you drive cars. You, like I said, watch TV, listen to music. You do all these things. In the natural, that's, your, that's the natural side of things. That's your flesh. But you're a spirit. Now, I spent at length talking about this on Wednesday, and if I go into this tonight or this morning, I won't have time. But you're, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Say that with me. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. In Thessalonians, Paul said, hey, I, I, I'm praying that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. Paul also said that, that uh, the, the, the word of God is, is so powerful, it's the dividing of soul and spirit. So clearly there's a difference between our soul and our spirit, and clearly if he said your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. Your soul, catch this, is your mind, will, and emotions. When you're listening to things like I'm talking about today, you're, you're, you're taking in and listening to thoughts and, and creating thoughts in your mind that are not of God. The rest of this verse that I've yet to read says this. On top of of not fighting a spiritual battle, he then talks about a very carnal thing. Or excuse me, he says not fighting a natural battle, but fighting a spiritual battle. He says that's what we fight, is a spiritual battle. But then he says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How many of you have ever had thoughts that you just wish would go away? Like, man, why... Do I think like that? Why, where's those, where are those thoughts coming from? Where, where is that? Now, uh, you could probably spend a good amount of time and trace back and figure out where they came from, but I'm going to just encourage you, don't waste your time. If the thought is not of God, if the thought, just hear me this morning, if the thought is not of God, it's your job to bring it into captivity. It's your, it's your job. We fight a spiritual battle, but we need to bring every thought into captivity. Paul, in another place, he says, hey, you need to bring, put your body under subjection. What does that mean? That means that, that I, I tell my body what to do. Who's I? My spirit. I tell my body what to do. I, I say no I'm not going to do that. Has anybody in here ever fasted? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you've fasted, if you fasted, meaning, and I, to me, fasting is not eating food. 
Now, I can go into all that, but I did that a few weeks ago or a few months ago. I'm not teaching on fasting today. But if you do that, if you go without eating food, just, just go one meal, and you're going to find out the difference between your spirit, your soul, and your body. Real quick. Because when, when, you, when you truly fast, what happens, what you're supposed to do is spend time in the Word and in prayer in lieu of eating food. All right? So I'm going to just take liquid. I'm going to just drink liquids. And instead of eating, I'm going to spend time in the Word and food. Well, that's going to build your spirit man. So when I'm reading the Word, I'm praying, I'm gonna, my spirit man is being built up. But then, as soon as, you know, you, you somewhat, man... You walk outside and you smell Wendy's? Your neighbor's grilling? Like he never grills, and all of a sudden, the day I decide to fast, he's got steaks. Hey! How you doing? Hey, I got an extra one. You want one? You never have extra. All of a sudden, you got an extra steak? Ribeye? You like yours medium, don't you? I'm not eating today. You'll find out real quick the difference. That's, that's your flesh. Your flesh is hungry. Your flesh wants to eat. Right? Your mind is in the middle. Your mind's playing the, the, the game. Wait, uh, no, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat. I got to eat. I got to eat. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. That's your mind. And your mind will run rampant if you allow it to. Your mind will run rampant if you allow it to, it will, it will, your, your mind, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions will, will be the, it's like the swing and the pendulum that swings towards the spirit of the flesh. And the Bible tells us in Romans that the renewing of our mind happens by the word of God. That reading the word of God, we're to renew our mind daily, renew our mind daily. We're, we're, we're to, how do you do that? What you take in matters. What you listen to matters. What you receive matters. Now, I want to I dive in a little deeper into this. I want you all to st stay with me. In, in Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 10, this is really powerful. Because we say things all the time. I was thinking. I've been thinking. I was thinking about this. There's, there probably are more things that we should be praying about. And less thinking. But anyways, and are you there? Romans chapter 10, verses 5 through 10. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. Now, what the writer of Romans right now is doing is he's saying, he's drawing a, 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 a juxtaposition, a, a difference between the law and living by faith. Because in the Old Testament, they had the law, they had this book of the law that, that was given to Moses, and that's what they lived by. Jesus came to fulfill the law and give us a life that we live by faith, believing in him and what he did. And, and by doing that, by doing that, there's a difference in the way we live. He says this, uh, for Moses writes about righteousness, which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Now, he's not saying that we don't live according to the law anymore, but that God fulfilled the law. And so now we have to understand what does, what does living by faith mean? Or right, what is the righteousness of faith? Notice it says, it speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, 
that is to bring Christ from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Now, I could dive into what all this means about these questions, but I want us to focus on the end. Because it's really, he was dealing with a subject, and he was trying to bring some correction to them, but in doing so, not correction, but some instruction to them. And in doing so, he enlightened something to us. Notice this, what it says at the end. The word is near you. What word? The word of faith. This is what he's explaining, the word of faith. Is near you in your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth and in your heart. What is it? That is the word of faith which we preach. So what is it? What's in our word and in our mouth? What should be in our heart and in our mouth? The word of faith. What should be in our heart and in our mouth? The word of faith, which we preach. Now, this is not just written to preachers. This is not just written to, this was written to the the, the Roman church. This is not just written to, you know, guys like me that are called to be a pastor. No, this is written to you. And there's there's a connection There's a link between your heart and your mouth. The Bible says, and I I was just talking about, actually, if you read down, let's, let's go on, let's go on right after this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the very start of our faith journey starts when we do what? Believe in your heart and Confess with your mouth. So believing happens in the heart. Confession happens in our mouth. And they're linked. They're linked. There's a link between your heart and your mouth. Catch me today. Hear what I'm saying. Put it online in the comments. It'll help you. There is a link between your heart and your mouth. There is a link between your heart and your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Faith is of the heart. But confession, confession is part of our faith walk. Confession is part. Here's what happens. You ready? This is why this is so important. This is what God showed me and what I want to show you today. When you have these thoughts, and I'm going to tell you how to deal with your thoughts in a second, but you got to catch this. When the thought comes in, what tends to happen is it goes down an elevator. And the first stop that it makes is at your mouth. And it comes out your mouth. But what what that thought is trying to do is get down into your... There there are thoughts that, that, you know... Let me, let, me give you a, let me give you the best example I can think of. When Jesus lived on this earth, he was tempted. He was tempted. It's not, a, it's not a sin to be tempted. And we know that because Jesus was sinless, yet he was tempted. Do you, I just want you all to just logically think about this. When Jesus was tempted, he had to think about what Satan proposed to him. Like it literally, it had to come in process and his he was he was very god and very man he was not walking on this earth as just as as just god because he was also very man he had to be very man 
to live the life that he did and die. So he was very God and very man. He had a brain just like you. He had a mind and a soul just like you. He had to. He had to. When Satan tempted him, it went in, but notice what he did to deal with it. He immediately said, no, it is written, and regurgitated the word of God, which was in him, back to the devil. In doing so, and if you learn to do that, your mind falls in line with your mouth. Everybody say this with me. Everybody say this with me. Ready? This is really deep stuff right now. Everybody, you have to do it. Say it with me. And just, I'm going to keep repeating it. You keep repeating it. You ready? Elephant. 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 Pink elephant. Pink elephant. Pink elephant. What do you think about? Everybody in this room, everybody watching online. I made you say it three times. Now, the first time, were you thinking pink elephants when I first said elephant? If you were, we were going to have a meeting afterwards. I might talk about some addition. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so you were thinking about elephants. We just recently went to the zoo. That's what I was thinking about. Whatever your experience was with elephants, that's what you were thinking about, right? Why? Because your mouth opened and you said something that I told you to say. Then when I said pink elephants, what happened in your mind? Whatever a pink elephant looked like to you, you started envisioning it. Envisioning it. When you open your mouth, see, I, I, I think that this is just my humble opinion, and I'm not trying to, I would never try to condemn a generation because I'm not much older than them, but I feel like this generation that's coming up, the devil wants to silence them. Between all this online stuff, and you, you go to a, a dinner and you look around the restaurant and we try so hard not to do it with our kids and make, make sure they see us put our phones away and us have dialogue, have conversation. How was your day? How, what did you learn today? I make Kaylee tell me, what did you learn today? Stuff? No, that doesn't work with me. Tell me, what did you, I make her talk to me. Tell me, what did you learn today? I make her conversate. I, if, if, we, if we allow a, a, a silent generation, you're going to lose the ability, lose the opportunity. The Bible tells us, look, 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 let me just, let me just give it to you. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Not in your mind, in your tongue. And so when you, and, and, I, and I've, I've talked about this a lot, and I always talk about it in accordance with faith. Because like I said, it goes along with faith. But think about it in lieu with your thoughts. Because if you allow your thoughts to keep going down that elevator, when it, if it comes out of your mouth, it's like an expedited elevator down to your heart. When we went to uh, New York, the time I went, we went on the, in the new uh, World Trade Center where they re redid it. And um, it was really cool. As a kid to the old one before it collapsed, and I remember riding the elevator up to the top, and it was slow. Slow. Like, super slow. I remember us being, it was like a bunch of young kids were all in the elevator. It's like, when are we getting to the top? This is ridiculous. Like, I'm already bored. 12, let's go. Get to the top. The new elevator, they, first of all, they had like, the whole thing was LED. It was really cool. So like as you're in it, you're like, you're, like, you're like watching this whole presentation and then you get to the top and what's on the presentation, the doors open and you're looking at what they had on the, th it was so cool. 
It was like 30 seconds, 100 and something floors. And when you allow a thought to come out of your mouth, you're sending an expedited elevator down to what you're going to believe. When you, when, you, when you allow that thought to come out and say, oh, I'll never be good enough. I'm no good. I'm, you know, my, my dad was no good. My dad was an alcoholic. That's just, a, you know what, I guess that's what I'm going to be. You cannot allow that to come out of your mouth. If you'll put that first verse back up there from 2 Corinthians, he says to bring every thought captive. If you were to study this out, he's literally talking about just like you would find a robber or a thief and take them captive and put them in jail. You've got to take your thoughts and say, no, I'm not going to think like that. And every time it comes, every time, like, like you, 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 the devil didn't stop one time with Jesus. And as a matter of fact, after the third time, you know what the Bible says? After the third time that the devil tempted Jesus, he said, the Bible says that he was going to come back looking for a more opportune time. You know why that time was opportune? He was fasting. His body was weak, but his spirit was strong. We know his spirit was strong because the Bible tells us before he went to the wilderness, he was full of the spirit. He went full of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. He went there full of the Spirit. It does not matter how weak your body is if you're full of the Spirit of God. Fill yourself up. That's why it matters so much what you listen to, what you choose to watch, how you choose to conduct your life. There are things, I get it, that you might not have. You might not have control. You might work beside a guy who cusses all day. Well, find some way to put on some earbuds, something, tune them out, ask God to help you. And as soon as you get back to where you can control what you listen to, put on some preaching. There, there was a time recently where I went through, I was dealing with, with some, some, some I was dealing with like processing something that we, we were, uh, we were kind of going through. And the, the best thing that I did was turn, I had on YouTube on, on good faith sermons like 24-7. Because and when I wasn't doing that, of course, I was spending time with my family or, or with you guys or whatever I was doing. But uh, other than that, I pray, read the word, and I listen to preaching until I worked that thing out that I was dealing with. Because I didn't want to allow my mind to create what I believed. I don't know if you got it. I don't know if you got it. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Ready? I did not want to allow the thoughts that I was having, the opinions that I had to create what I believed about the situation. Because the thoughts that I had, let's, look, look, uh, let's use something that's a little bit more palatable because if I, if I told you what I was dealing with at the time, it would be a really long, like hour-long story. You get a notice from the, the bank. This went up. If, is it, if, you have, if you ever owned a house... You know, if you have an escrow, all of a sudden, your escrow can just change. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. This is my money. What are you doing? And all of a sudden, you know, just, just want to let you know, by the way, your escrow has changed. You know, get a notice from the doctor. He says, you go in for a regular checkup, and all of a sudden, it's not a regular checkup anymore. You've got a result. And now you've got to apply some faith to it. Your, your mind, during these situations, your mind begins to run. 
You cannot allow, listen, listen, you cannot allow it to come out of your mouth or you're going to believe it. Because you'll confess it to the point that you believe it. Confession and your heart are linked. What you believe in your heart needs to come out of your mouth. So, so let's look at the reverse of this. When you're full of the Spirit, meaning that you're reading the Word, you're praying, you're spending time with God, what's inside of you, that's what's got to come out. That, that has to be your confession. That has to be what I'm speaking over my life. I, I recently was dealing with this with a, a family in the church, and they were telling me about uh, um, the result they got from the doctor and, and what they were believing for and uh, how the result did not line up with what they know in the Word of God. And, and they're, they're, they were already right on line with what I'm preaching. In, in, me, in talking to, to them, they were saying, you know, no, no, I, I believe the Word of God. I, I know that there's this result, but that's not, all, that's not what the Word says. So I can believe this or I can believe the Word. Which takes me right back to what I've been preaching on for what, was it five weeks, Darrell? Five weeks? This belongs to us. Everything that's in God's word belongs to me. So, so I have every right to confess that this belongs to me. And if I allow what thoughts come into my mind to then come out of my mouth, I'm going to confess something contradictory to what I believe. Do you hear me today? Let me show you this. In Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4. For what do the scriptures say? This is verse 3. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Jump down to verse 17. This is Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, God told Abraham this statement. I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. He changed his name to Abraham from Abram so that whenever he would confess something, he was not confessing, hey, I'm Abram and my wife is barren. Because that's literally what he was confessing every day he called himself Abram and her Sarai. He was saying, this is who we are and who will be forever. But God had a plan for him. And so God helped him change what his confession was. Now, although we don't know, we, we can't see Abraham's thought life. We don't know what his thought life was. I'm talking to you today about your thought life and how what you confess, what you let out of your mouth affects what you believe. Notice some things that, that we see here about Abraham's life. In the presence of him whom he believed. Now what that means is, in the presence of God whom Abraham believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls the things which do not exist as though they did. This is talking about how God created the earth. Go back to Genesis and look how God created the earth. He literally spoke it into existence. And you think your mouth doesn't matter? You think your mouth can't change how you're thinking? We, well, I just don't know what I'm thinking right now. Well, that's your first confession you need to change. I just don't know, I just don't know what I'm thinking. I just, I just can't think clearly. Stop, say, stop talking like that. That's not what the Bible calls about you. That's not what God says. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 
me give you a, a, a practical phrase you can use instead. I need a moment. I need a moment. I just, I, I just, I need a moment. Because if you get me all riled up, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff that I don't mean to say. I need a moment. Give me a moment. Let me just go and pray. Let me go and turn on a sermon. Let me go and get my thoughts together. Let me go and, I mean, your first step should be to pray. God, help me. God, and let me, see, here's the thing. I think a lot of people do this. God, take those thoughts out of my mind. God, you control you. You control you. God will help you. God says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Your strength comes from the Lord, but you control you. And so the thoughts that you have, I don't know where they came from. I don't know where it infiltrated. If it was from the, the things I just mentioned, a doctor or a bank or a friend or a coworker, or if the devil has even in, in somehow messed up your mind, you control the ability to stop those thoughts. If not, this is a lie. Because he says to take, to bring every thought into captivity. And God, in, another, in several places in the Bible, says that he won't, he won't give you more that you can't take. He won't, he won't give you something to do you can't do. And he says, I'll, I'll, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When, when Paul made that statement, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, go and read the whole chapter. He lists everything that he went through. All of the whips, all of the chains, all of the prisons. Man, you think you have it bad? Well, this is just persecution at church. and I mean, at uh, my job, there's just persecution at my job just because I'm a Christian. They just don't like me. Listen. Paul got stoned. They couldn't kill him. He got up out of the stones like Terminator and went back to pre- He was like, he was like, like in his 60s or something when he got stoned. Don't hold me to that. I don't know how old he was. I don't remember. But he was old. Like he wasn't, he wasn't like a you know, 20-year-old guy, like, come on, bring it on, like all like ripped, you know, like like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, like, come on, come on, hit me again. Put in jail, whipped. You, you mean to tell me he didn't have some thoughts? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I serving God? Do not allow that thought to come out of your mouth. Don't, don't allow it. Well, well then, because then, here, this is why it's so important you understand that your spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Because then you understand, some people think, well, if I'm having those thoughts, those thoughts must be coming from God. Eh. Wrong. If, if, if that were the case, think about that, think about that statement. If that were the case, why would Paul tell you to bring your thoughts into subjection? Bring your body, put your body under subjection to bring your thoughts captive. He said to bring every thought captive. That means every thought that comes in my mind, I can control it. Now, now I, I may not be able to stop it from entering here, but I can stop it from coming out of here. Don't ever say, because people say, oh, well, just the, the Holy Spirit took over me and I just had to say it. That's, that's I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, you actually had control. Yeah, you, actually had, you actually had control. I mean, it can be, there can be a burning. I mean, like, man, I've got this. Listen, I'm sorry if this offends you. And I'll say this sometimes. Like, listen, I'm sorry if this offends you, but I feel so impressed to tell you this. But, but I'm still putting it on me. I'm not going to put something like that on God. God made me tell you. No. That way, if I'm wrong, it's on me, not on God. 
Anyways, that was just a free little bonus thought there. You control you. You control what comes out of your mouth. You control what you speak. And what you speak will, will, will fall in line with what you believe. Because here, I'm going to wrap this up. Ready? Romans 4. Are you there still in Romans 4? Notice what he says. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, this is now talking about Abraham, who, contrary to hope, in hope, believed. So even when there was no hope, he believed. When there was no, oh, you just don't understand, Pastor. I just don't have any glint of hope. I just don't have anything to hope for. You have the word of God. Get it inside of you. Get it inside of you and let that come out of your mouth. Because this is full of hope. This is full of promises. And everything in God's word belongs to you. Get it in you and let it come out. And in Hope, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Just the previous verse, it said, or a few verses ago, that God called him that, but he became that because contrary to hope, he believed. What was, what was, the, what was the contrariness? What was it that he was believing against? According to what was spoken, go to the next verse. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body which was basically already dead, being about 100 years old. Some translations put it this way. Being 100 years old, his body was practically dead, but he did not believe it. He did not, he did not consider it. In other words, if God said, I'm going to be the father of many nations, his word trumps whatever my circumstances are. And, and if, if you're going to get past whatever situation you're facing, the thoughts that you're having cannot, cannot seem or you allow them to be bigger than God's word. When you allow something contradictory to God's word to come out of your mouth over your situation, I'll never make it. I'll never get this. That'll never happen. God's, uh, I don't know why... I don't know why God does this for them and not for me, and I don't know how I'm going to... That's doubt. You're, you're saying, you're saying, you're, you're saying, now, now, is God going to beat you up for that? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is, is that if you keep confessing that, you'll believe it. And you'll lose what faith you have, because notice what it says here, that, that he believed God's word contrary, contrary to what Think about Sarah's womb. Didn't go, go on and read the rest of it. Uh, already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. I love that. Being fully convinced that what he, what God had promised, he was also able to perform. How do you become fully convinced? Number one, I'm gonna write it down. I wrote it down, so let me just give you my... Number one, what not to do. Don't let what's in your head become what you believe. Number two, 
Don't continue to let what's coming out of your mouth become what you believe. In other words, you can control what's coming out of your mouth, so you've got to stop it. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to talk like that anymore. I'm not going to talk doubt and unbelief. Number three, don't listen to things that are contrary to God's word, which is what you want to believe. Don't let what's in your head become what you believe. Don't continue to, to allow what's coming out of your mouth to become what you believe. Don't listen to things that are contrary to what's in God's word, which is what you want to believe. So what do you do? Number one, change what you're listening to. Change who you're listening to. He said, the Bible says he was full of faith. Now, they didn't have the word like we have it. So, so I have to believe this. That Abraham, every time he called himself Abraham, that was, a, that was God's word to him, father of many nations. Are you hearing me today? Every time he spoke his name or someone called his name, faith, that's who I am. You got no kids. I don't care. God called me. I'm the father of many nations. That's who I am. That's who I am. And, and then, I mean, I mean if, if, if all he had to do when he started to doubt, when he started to have thoughts, I'm Abraham. I am no longer Abram. I am Abraham. I don't know if you hear me, devil, but I am no longer the person I was last year. Do not talk to me about that. Do not put that thought in me. I am not that person anymore. The Bible says I'm a new creature, that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a new creature. I don't care. You can, you can try to put those. I'm not going to think about alcohol. I'm not going to think. I, I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. I moved past that. I moved beyond that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can put the bottle down. I can put the cigarette down. I can stop. But what, what we, you know, and I, and, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Number one, change what you're listening to. And number two, which I just said, change what you're saying. Change what you're saying. You got to change what you're saying. You got to change what's coming out of your mouth. If, you, if you'll become aware, uh, if you'll become aware, more aware, more conscious of the things you're saying, because I, I, I help people. I don't try to be mean. If I do it to you, please forgive me. I'm asking in advance, please forgive me. But I'll correct them. And I, <laughs> I promise I'm not trying to be mean. They'll say, well, you know, I was going the other day, and, and I know that, you know, I, 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 uh, I have such and such disease, and I have, no, you're, you're healed. And I'll let them keep talking. And I'll just kind of throw it in there like that. Well, then what, how do I confess? I've been given a report I've been diagnosed with. You know, you don't have to deny that you got a diagnosis. I'm bankrupt, I've got no money. No, currently, there's no money in my bank account, but the Bible says I have all of my needs met according to his riches and glory. Hey. Do, do, you believe, do you believe it or not? Do you believe it or not? Do you believe it or not? Because if you do, then the thoughts that you're having that are contrary to this, I, again, see, I want, I want to set some people free today because I think what happens is, is you, thought, you start having those thoughts and you allow them to run rampant instead of stopping them right away. 
And if you get to a point like where you're really like, you know, overwhelmed by it, that's why I like to, to, to listen to preaching. Because if I really am listening to it and I'm focused on it, and I, I'm taking it, even if it's not on what I'm dealing with, like just any, just any faith-filled sermon, good sermon, put me on, put Pastor Steve on. If you want some more to listen to, I can give you some good recommendations. But I, see, when I, when I'm talking about when I've, I've felt in the past, when I've felt really like overwhelmed, that's one of my go-to things that I'll do because, because it might even be hard for me to pray at those moments. You know what I mean? Like, and that might sound funny to you. Like, well, you're a pastor. Yeah, I, well, I'm a human. And, and like, I, like, I go through stuff too. Like, I have emotions too. I have a body too. I have a soul too. Turns my mind off. No, I'm going to focus on God's word. I'm going to focus on what, what this man of God's putting in my life. Start taking notes down, writing down. Like I said, even if it's on something, he might be talking about prayer and I'm dealing with something else. I'm just start writing notes. That's right. Yeah, God's word says that. And I turn, I turn my focus off of whatever situation I'm facing or some frustration I have or somebody, you know, quit the church. And well, you know, this is kind of give you all a real example because I've been kind of vague. Like when a, if you're a pastor and you come to start a church and see people's lives change and someone leaves, like that's a frustration. Like that's not like an easy day for me. Like, oh, bye, hope you never come back. No, absolutely not. It's like never a thought. It's a hard day. So what do I do? I build my faith. Because I can sit around and mope and moan and complain and cry. I have a moment and I move on from the moment. Because see, God's spoken to me about what he's called me to do here in Columbia. About the role I play and Family Worship Center, and our churches, and, and how we're networked together, and, and all the things that we're going to do together. So, so I can't allow myself to think contrary to what God's already put in my heart and spoken to me about what I'm called to do. Or else it's just going to hinder me from that calling. Do you hear me today? I'm no, di- I'm, I'm no different in that regard than what you may be going through. And, and when when I, once I do that, once I kind of get through that moment, I, I, I will overemphasize, I, listen to me, I will overemphasize what I'm speaking. I'll make my family speak it. Look, when we drive up this building, we did it yesterday. And we didn't drive up together today, but we drove up yesterday together. Kids, put your hands out towards the building. Call it full in Jesus' name. Like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let, that's what's coming out of our mouth. This house is going to be full in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been saying for weeks, there's going to be a hundred people at church this Sunday. There's going to be a hundred people at church this Sunday. Why? Because I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to think, well, I'm going to wait for Easter. No, they, a hundred people can come before Easter. It's fine with me. I'm already, I'm already there. And when a hundred people come up, I'm going to be confessing the next number. Because that's, that's where my faith is. If God called me to pastor, then there's got to be people to pastor. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to give you all some practical examples of what I've dealt with. And it's already 12 o'clock. Praise God. I said it was going to be short. Man, I said it was going to be short. I really thought it was going to be short. Look, I, have, I normally have so much notes. I have, I have three points with, with two sub points and a couple verses. And I preached all that. I'm, 
Praise God. If you're new today, I try to end at 12 o'clock, but it doesn't always happen. Amen. Praise God. Hey, for real though, if you are new, uh, so glad that you're here. Brother Andre, you can come up. I am going to wrap up. I'm so glad that you're here. I'd love to meet you and get to know you. Um, we are doing, uh, we do a thing on the first Sunday of the month called Welcome Home. And so in two weeks, we'll do that the first Sunday in April. And we'd love to have you be a part of that. And uh, one other thing, tonight in Florence, Reverend Paul Chase, um, who is a, a, a missionary to the Philippines, I uh, heard him say this morning, and I didn't know how many years it was, but 41 years they spent in the Philippines. Started, started a church there, which, which birthed into hundreds, hundreds of other churches. I personally have been over there, seen the ministry, seen what he's doing, went into the slums of, uh, of one of the, the areas there. Um, we did sidewalk Sunday school. Amazing, amazing man of God, amazing ministry. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you've never been to Family Worship Center Florence, I encourage you to go because it's a large ministry. You'll see, you'll see where we've come from and where we're going. And uh, I can give you the address and all that. It should be in your bulletin and you should have all that info. But uh, it starts at 6.30 tonight. I encourage you to try to come. It's a short drive. It'll take you right at an hour to get there. The service should last right at an hour and you can come home. Might be, you might be out later than you normally would on a Sunday night, but it'll bless you. Because like I said, if this is your home, if this is your church home, it'd be good for you to see where we've come from and where we're going. Amen. And hear from a great man of God and his wife. Um, I watched a little bit of the nine o'clock service in Florence today and his wife ministered for a few minutes and sang and man, it was, it was awesome. Awesome. So come tonight. Amen. I pray that this sermon blessed you. I pray that it helped you today. You can control your thoughts. You can bring them under subjection. You change what you're thinking. When you feel those thoughts come in, when the devil's attacking your thoughts, when you feel like somebody's planted a bad thought in you, no. I heard somebody the other day and I've, I've, they said this story, it was a pastor, and I, I agreed with him. He said, you know what? I was on a flight and I was watching a movie and I've never seen this movie. I don't know which one he's talking about, but, it, but I guess this guy died. This guy in the movie has a daughter. They have a daughter, but the mom dies. And so he has to raise the daughter by himself or something like that. And so the, the pastor started thinking, well, man, what if that happened to me? What if it happened to me? I mean, how would I deal with it if that happened? And he said, he thought about it for a few minutes. And then he said, wait a second, I'm not going to watch this movie. And that might sound crazy. Y'all like, well, it's just a movie. It's just make believe. But that thought, he didn't want that thought. He wanted to sit for two hours or whatever and think about what would happen if my wife, no, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says with long life, I'll satisfy you. Now, it does say it's appointed unto man wants to die. So there's, at some point, we know. Our spouses, ourselves, we know at some point we'll die. But man, I'm believing. My faith is in God's, if God says I'll give you long life, I'm not, I'm not going to live or walk around in fear, live in fear, wondering, oh man, when, when is, could, could this kill me or could that kill me? No, I'm not. I'll be wise. I'll use wisdom. Man, when they did mask ordinance, uh, mask mandates and all that, I wore masks. I'm safe. I'm wise. I get it. But I'm also not going to live in fear. I'm not going to be afraid. Because, because the Bible says that with long life, then, I, then long life is for me. Long life is for me. Long life is for my wife. Long life is for my kids. Man, when, they, when I send them off to school, I'm not afraid about what's going to happen at school. I speak over it. I pray 
I thank the Lord for putting a hedge of protection about them, for placing your angels with them, for letting them be a blessing to their school and their school be a blessing to them. Protect their little spirits. Let them be protected. Lord, don't let anything influence them that, 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 uh, that shouldn't in Jesus' name. And then I speak over them. And I pray in the Holy Ghost and speak over them as they leave. Have a blessed day, Madison. Because Kaylee rides with mom, so I speak. Madison, have a blessed day. Have a great day, baby. You're going to have an awesome day today. Be a blessing to your teachers. Be a listener. You're a listener, Madison. That's how I talk, because that's what I believe. That's what I believe is going to be my children. Well, the, the first time they, they call me and say, well, we need to have a, this happened last year. We need to have a meeting with you. And uh, your, your daughter, you know, she was not doing potty training very well. And while we're in the meeting, she goes on the floor. Because I'm in denial. I'm in total denial. She's an angel. In the meeting. It was, like, it was like they did it on command. She's over there playing. And the teacher goes, oh my goodness. And we look over and there's a puddle. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. My daughter... She, she had no problem going at home, but now she's having trouble going to school. Well, what do we begin to do? We begin to, we pray. Lord, help us. If there's something we're doing, we ask for wisdom, anything, you know, research stuff, and we change some of our tactics. But I began to change how I spoke. I began to change how we how made her speak. Uh, this is a true story. Madison, what do we do when we go potty? Or what do we do when you have to go pee-pee? Go to the potty. This may sound, this may, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but I'm helping you. Because I changed, I, but, but I mean, that's what we did. Well, a, a, a rec, they wanted us to do one little thing for like, like 10 days or whatever. We did that and then never had a problem since. I mean, besides like just normal accidents that kids have, but no like perpetual problem. We, God's word works. Stand up on your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, actually before I pray, I always try to give an opportunity at every service to make things right with Jesus. If you're in this room today and you need to make things right or you're watching online, I want to pray with you today. I'm going to pray with everyone. I'm going to ask you all to repeat after me. But before I do, I'm not going to embarrass you or have you come down front. Will you just raise your hand if that's you? Lift Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. If that's you today, let me know. I see your hands. I see your hands. It's, it's okay. I know who's... All right, I want to pray this prayer. Everybody lift up your uh, heads and your eyes. Look at me. Let's say this prayer. Say it out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus came to this earth, lived as a man, died on a cross for me, a sinless life, shed his blood for me. I believe on the third day he rose from the grave and I believe he's alive seated in heaven with you I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord I leave my past behind and I move toward a future with you today is a new day I thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me of all my sin and unrighteousness I serve you forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, bless them, watch over them, protect them as they leave here. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope to see you all in Florence tonight. 
please come and uh, let us know if you're coming so I know where to look for you. God bless you guys. Have a great night.